from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning and happy Wednesday to all of you. Thank you so much for joining us for this second hour of the G and Ursula show. G is out today and Mike Lewis is in. Thank you so much for stepping in, Mike. Happy to be here. Always a pleasure. Coming up at 1030 after Heather's newscast. You've been hearing about these random freeway shootings, and we're learning more about the victims of some of these shootings, including a popular coach at a high school and a Navy veteran who is potentially permanently disabled now after a shooting. They are among the victims. We're going to be talking to State Patrol Trooper Rick Johnson about what is happening, what the State Patrol is doing, and what you need to know uh, if, if you're worried at all about what is going on on our freeways. But right now, it is time for What's New at 10. And police agencies all across the state have been saying that our current pursuit law is giving too many criminals the upper hand because they just can't chase them unless certain conditions are met. And today, lawmakers in Olympia are going to be holding a hearing on an initiative that would loosen the current law. And our Matt Markovich, who covers everything in Olympia, is here in studio right now. I'm so glad you have me on because I I feel like we're educating people on stuff that they should know. Follow what the state lawmakers are deciding out there because... Because it's important stuff. It, it um, really is because it's the stuff that is going to impact you and then you don't directly, want to get caught off guard. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the police pursuits. Yeah, they're going to have a old hearing today, a one-shot, one-hour hearing. Um, just like yesterday, they held the hearing for the no-income tax initiative. And as I've been saying about this, I'm trying to be honest and straightforward with everybody about these hearings. It's more of a show-and-tell, mm-hmm. dog-and-pony show. This is... Uh, Informative? It's an... It's informative. Or you hear performative. what? Performative. Oh, perf- excuse me. Is it just performative? Well, I mean, it's unnecessary. Okay. I mean, I think lawmakers have already made their decision. They're not going to be swayed by testimony, uh, and including the police pursuit here. And what uh, I'll relate that back to the tax uh, uh, initiative yesterday. But the police pursuit basically throws it back to 2019 levels, 2020 levels, when police could pursue people such as a stolen car. Uh, property crimes. Right now, they can't. They can only do very limited, serious offenses where they can engage in a pursuit. So that's what it's going to do. It got 430,000 signatures. It If the legislature doesn't do anything, it's still going to be voted on by the people. It's whether or not the lawmakers will rubber stamp word for word the initiative and make it law. Is there any indication that they would do that since they are the ones who just recently passed that law that police say has become too restrictive? Of all the three initiatives that they're having hearings on, I believe this is the most closest one that would have some pushback because of because of what you just said. But Democrats count votes. And Lori Jenkins and Annie Billig, who runs the Senate on Democrats, I have I have no inside knowledge in this, but I have no doubt that they've counted the votes and either it's we're going to let go to the voters or we're going to put it in back into law. And I think they're going to do that with taxes and uh, as well as the school initiative, but maybe not on this one. Are they doing anything like a sunset clause? For example, why don't we open it back up? Given the there, because there were problems. I mean, this didn't come from nowhere. There were problems right. associated with police pursuits. So why not open it up for three years and then assess the safety, the pluses and minuses of additional police pursuits, and then make a final decision at some point down the road? The current law has no sunset. The initiative has no sunset, and they can't change any word of the initiative. So. 
you're a good point. But they don't have any sunset clauses on the police pursuit. Well, there you go. Um, you know, and, and I want to point out what happened yesterday, because yesterday they had the hearing on the no income tax initiative, mm-hmm. basically rem- codifying in law what we already have in the Constitution. They can't have an income tax. And the, there was four. What was it? 243 people signed up to testify in an hour and 6,700 weighed in online on whether it's pro or con, prim- primarily pro. And the chairman of the committee told all the lawmakers, it's a both House and Senate initiative uh, committee hearing, don't ask any questions. Oh. They just flat out said, okay, we have all these people coming up. I want, don't want no questions. And that's what happened. The only thing that was really interesting, what I pulled out, was this potential constitutional challenge, which I wrote about in my Northwest. I don't know if you want to get into it, but basically a very scripted, as I watched this, a very scripted exchange between... Senator Jamie Peterson, who's a lead Democrat Mm -hmm. in the House, excuse me, Senate, and uh, Jeff Mitchell, who is a staff member for the Ways and Means. Peterson was reading off his computer. Mitchell was reading off his computer. Like the, he knew what the question was going to be, and they basically said, "You know what? The way this law is written, it's tied to gross income as defined by the federal government and Congress." And because there's no date on this gross income legislation on Congress, Congress can change it any at any time. Well, the state Supreme Court has already ruled no state legislation can be tied to another jurisdiction's decision. Like Congress can change the law and and, and it changes our law, the gross income. So that left a, opened up a loophole that Democrats had found. They've been looking for these legal landmines to undermine this uh, initiative. That's a legal landmine that surfaced yesterday that could be a constitutional challenge in the future if it pa- if the voters pass. And basically they're saying don't ask any questions, not just for uh, to expedite the hearing, but also just not to show their cards or to. Yes, yes. And, and, and they can't do anything. They, they can't add anything. They can't amendment. Uh, so. So they're just doing this. So yeah, they can't they ignore the fact, though, that hundreds of thousands of people have signed on to these initiatives. I mean, frankly, I, I agree. I mean, police pursuit being one of them that I agree. I think the, the law that was passed became too restrictive, or at least mm-hmm. how it's being interpreted yep. uh, by police agencies. And so I agree. I think some people some things need to be rolled back. Yeah, and some, if it's not going to happen yeah. in the Olympia, then it's going to happen by a vote of the people. And to summarize, one thing to add, it's easy to understand, is stolen cars. If you approve this initiative, police can now pursue for property crimes like stolen cars. Okay, uh, let's talk about a couple of other things, uh, too, because fertility fraud, that was a phrase I really hadn't thought of until this morning. So that could actually become a crime. I thought that would be a crime already. Nope, not in this state. So what is it and and what's going on? So fertility fraud, uh, which I like that term, too, or fraud in reproductive services, that's another term of it. Basically saying if a doctor uses their own sperm to uh, fertilize an embryo or make a woman pregnant, make a woman pregnant, that is now an assault in the third degree, punishable up to uh, five years in prison, $10,000 fine. And also more importantly, um, even if women agree I think it should be even more than that. Well, you know, doctors are, you've heard this, we've all heard the stories of that happening, that doctors are using their own reproductive genetic material to uh, fertilize an egg of a woman in these uh, fertility clinics. Well, even if a doctor agrees with 
the patient and the patient agrees that the doctor can do that, that's unprofessional conduct. And then they will be in the medical community. Lose the license. Yes. So even if the woman agrees that that happened, so that's that's going straight to the governor. That had no. Yeah, I was going to say that's going who's right to fight the governor. That one. Yeah. yeah, unlikely anyone. So, but what can happen now though is civil penalties. So civil penalties are still widely available. In fact, frequently it ends up in malpractice insurance, uh, which tends to pay out pretty rapidly. But the fact that they're adding a criminal layer uh, onto this. Um, I think it's terrific. Yes. I mean, absolutely. And I agree with you. I don't even know that five years is, is adequate. Enough. Um, exactly. Because it's the maximum of five. So it's going to end up as something less than that. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. So there are a whole bunch of possible gun regulations that could become state law. Yes. I mean, they were really busy yesterday. They passed more bills out of the House and House floor and the Senate floor than any day of this legislature. Okay. So let's focus on things that could likely become law. Okay. The two big gun bills. One which the gun industry, the uh, uh, gun resellers are saying it's going to put them out of business in the state. And that's all these extra regulations about security of the guns in the stores. Under this bill, which passed down party line votes, both the House and the Senate, just has to go back to the House for some minor changes for what's known as concurrence, but most likely will go to the governor, is that the gun shops have to have security cameras running at all times and even recording people who are legally buying guns and have those recordings available for law enforcement or for anything like that. Um, and all the security measures that they have to in place, new record keeping, um, different ways of storing all the guns every night so that break-ins won't happen as people steal the guns. The gun industry is saying only 2% of all the stolen guns in the state come from a break-in. Is that at, true? That's what they're saying. Okay. Um, 2% of the guns stolen in the state come from a break-in at a gun shop. So the, it's not their problem. They're, they're not the problem of guns getting on the street. And with yeah, stolen being, guns is a big problem. Right. But it's not coming from them, they're saying. Mm. So they've added all this. So the gun industry saying, you're putting so much on our business, we cannot afford to stay open now. Especially there's a whole issue about surveillance, about people legally buying guns, and that law enforcement can get to that surveillance tape. Uh, in this in this situation, so that's one. Okay, and then what's what's the other, the other one, one that's was, likely to become law? Uh, and the other one likely to become law is the uh, restricting open carries at zoos, aquariums, and more importantly, transit centers at at the bus stop. Uh, right now, we're an open carry state. You can have the gun out right uh, in public, so it's restricting that. Uh, if you have a concealed weapons license. Uh, you're okay. You can still carry concealed weapons at zoos, aquariums, transit centers. Uh, and so that passed last night. Uh, and most likely he's going to go to the governor as well. Mm. So it's a restriction on open carry, still only allowing concealed weapons. But again, oh, in public parks, I should say that too. So it's just narrowing that perspective of what is open carry in the state. Mm. So collectively, it looks like from what I can read through on the gun-related legislation that um, both sides are finding a place, or at least the Democrats who tend to be pushing more of the gun restriction legislation are finding a place that of the constitutionally protectable restrictions, as opposed to the stuff when they start restricting, you know, um, uh, magazine size. So when they start doing it, I mean, the feds right now, there's a big discussion over bump stocks, right? Mm -hmm. So, so is it the Democrats are finding these narrower areas where they can restrict um, access and public display of weapons and things like that, that have been constitutionally tested? 
Um, you're you're correct. Okay. Yeah. So like the, the restrictions on the gun dealers and all that, they're basically they're not restricting gun ownership in that bill right. at all. They're just it's requiring additional security all measures this and other and stuff to operate. To, if you want to be a gun dealer in this state, here's a lot more regulation you have to follow right. to sell a gun in this state. Mm. And you know, although they, not with gun shows, for example. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I, I, don't, I don't think that applies in this one. You know, that's a good. point. It doesn't apply. No. Yeah, it, doesn't it does apply. not apply. Right. This particular bill does not apply to gun shows. Matt Markovich, as always, you inform and educate us. We've got a couple yeah, of text you, messages and seriously, uh, a few people saying this is my favorite spot uh, of the show because I oh, learned yay. so much. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, no more octopus farms. They outlaw oh. them, even though we don't have any. <laughs> it was, and that was a party, know, line, vote. Strike. That was a party strike. line vote. I mean, that, all the Republicans voted against it. All the Democrats oh, voted for it in the Senate. And we don't oh, even yeah, have yeah, any, yeah, but yeah. they've outlawed octopus okay, farms. Okay, well, good. I can rest now. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Okay, we need to bring something back. It was our top story, and you've been hearing it in Heather's newscast. Uh, you've heard about the six people who were arrested after that Seattle City Council meeting was disrupted by protesters demanding housing for refugees. Those demonstrators uh, claiming that they were acting on behalf of refugees from Latin America who have been bumped around from a church in Tequila to hotels in South King County, but they're now facing eviction again. And we got a bunch of text messages. Chef got tired of trying to respond to all of them, so we thought we would just address, because there were a lot. Um, and we had a bunch of people say kind of similar things. Uh, Joe in the 253 said, I'm sorry, guys, I have a very unpopular opinion on this. I can't help but feel like people don't have the right to just show up here in America and start making demands. You're allowed to do what many successful migrants do, find work, save money for your family and build your own life. What you don't have the right to is free handouts from the American public. And then there was Betty who says, how can we be expected to support refugees when we can't even support people from this country? And we got a lot of that. We cannot accept everyone from everywhere as much as I feel for them. The money could be spent on hungry children and people who are citizens in the U.S. And I know that, uh, Mike, you wanted to address and you were trying to address that in the short amount of time that we have. But just in, in terms of asylum seeking that maybe some people don't realize. Yeah. So this isn't. I mean, it, it, I understand that people coming from other countries sort of get sort of roped into this broad category of immigrant. But asylum seekers actually legally are in a different place, according to U.S. law, existing U.S. law that has existed from, you know, before the Reagan administration. It's been it's been modified over time. You know, there's a component of this that's on the Statue of Liberty about give us your poor. Right. The Like the, the idea that you are fleeing a place that you are under persecution. This is not people seeking asylum are not seeking it on grounds of economic. Economic uh, change. Now, could that be their real rationale? Yeah, exactly. I suppose for some people, that's... sure. I, I mean, I don't know. And that's supposed to survive the vetting process. What happens is you arrive, you are vetted, you are either sent back immediately, you are held in detention, or you are allowed to, on your own recognizance to go out into society while your case is being decided. It usually takes a few years. And then you're either shipped back or you are allowed to stay. But that's a refugee status when you can show that you are under some sort of threat. If you are a kid who grows up in Honduras, you can probably show that given the, the criminal gang activity there is so profound, it practically is the government. So those are the situations we're talking about here. We're not talking about people who are just coming across the border or sneaking across the border to, you know, to, to do some form of labor here in the United States. This is not refugee status is a very, very specific thing under U.S. law and U.S. law, international law allows for it. 
So we have to deal with this in a cate- categorically different than sort of broadly when we're talking about immigration. Right. And to emphasize again, we don't know the situation of the people that we're talking about who've been living in that. They have to make it. They have to. They have to prove. They have to prove the prove the status, the uh, refugee status, asylum seeking status. There are two things that would fix this. It takes four years on average right now for people to get an asylum hearing. Also, it's not legal for them to work. So if you can speed up the visa process and speed yeah. up the asylum hearing process, you will not see what's happening in Tukwila happen any further. Well, and, and on top of that, or at pe- least what people not do to is, the extent that it is. Because totally. Again, and they go down this, the path of getting the, the fake Social Security numbers so they can actually work because they're not, get, they're not here and fully supported by the U.S. government. I've got news. Yeah. Frequently, they are not. Yeah. That all said... I still don't agree what happened yesterday <laughs> at from, City a, Hall. from a protest from, from well, a that's protest understandable. Yes, sure. exactly. Okay, still ahead. We've got to talk about this because it's happening. It's happening too often. Those random freeway shootings. We're going to talk to a State Patrol Trooper Rick Johnson. He's going to get us updated on that. This is the G and Ursula Show. This hour of the G and Ursula show is brought to you by Pello Windows and Doors. This is the G and Ursula show. G is out today. Mike Lewis is in. And as someone who has been in the news business for a very, very long time, actually, both of us, Mike, we've been in it for decades now. Yes. Uh, the, the term random freeway shooting is not one that you hear on too many newscasts, except lately. It, it, it seems like it's become much too common. Right. And uh, last Tuesday, uh, a Navy veteran lost a kidney. He was left paralyzed after he was shot on I-5 in Tequila. Evan Hershey's family, we reported this yesterday, uh, said that 20 bullets riddled his car from a handgun and a rifle. Then on Sunday, a beloved South Kitsap High School basketball coach was shot on I-5 while on his way home from Kent. Got more details about him. Apparently He's a remarkable uh, young man. And um, we've had many of these shootings, and we want to know what is going on. So we have invited Trooper Rick Johnson from the Washington State Patrol to join us on the G and Ursula show. Good morning, Trooper. Good morning. Well, I've got to say, this is alarming even for those of us who've been in the news industry for a long time. So just put it into perspective for us. What have you been seeing so far this year alone? Well, it is alarming. Anyone shooting is alarming to to us. And, you know, our job is to provide a safe environment on the freeways that we, we patrol. Um, I'm not really familiar with one that happened in Pierce County, but I know that this year to date in King County, which is the area that I handle communications for, we've had 12. And how does that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Four of those 12 we've been able to attribute to uh, most likely gang violence and the other eight seem to be involving some road rage, some of them. For example, the 12th one last Friday, a box, a box truck and a gray sedan were, um, according to an independent non-biased witness, were brake checking each other, cutting each other off. The gray sedan driver happened to have a weapon and fired one round. No, no one was hurt. So we can attribute that to road rage. So, and we're using all the resources we have, you know, for different emphasis in having, creating heat maps in the areas, time of day, 
um, you know, where these uh, are most commonly happening and engaging the community through your show, through press releases, through other media outlets, and along with our allied agencies that um, assist in these emphasis. Uh, Trooper Johnson, thank you for joining the show. The My question is the nature of these of these shootings. Does it tend to be car to car sort of things or this is this stuff people are outside sort of the freeway corridor and shooting onto the freeway? I mean, it doesn't appear that you're saying a lot of these things appear to be just some random person like the way you would see. And I'm sure you've had to deal with people who do the, the dropping off overpasses onto onto cars, which tends to be not so much targeted as random violence. Would you how would you characterize what you're seeing as far as the shootings go? Well, none of the 12 shootings uh, are inclusive to somebody firing from off the freeway. It's from vehicle to vehicle is is what we have so far. And, you know, the main thing we want to stress is if somebody's driving aggressively, don't engage. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not all these shootings involve somebody engaging with another vehicle. There are some that are random. But we want people to get the information they can and disengage, move away from somebody driving aggressively. Don't give them a hand gesture or brake check or, or do something like that because you don't know the capability of that other driver. Um, if you give somebody a hand gesture, it still doesn't mean you you uh, should be shot at, obviously, but we just want people to, you know, back off from, from aggressive drivers. Um, besides the shootings, we get a number of calls of aggressive drivers um, throughout every day um, in King County. Would you would you suggest that that dash cams could be one not necessarily a solution, but if more people had dash cams, that that in some way that this may at least allow you to to perhaps uh, investigate and maybe even arrest folks who who do these sort of things on the freeway? Absolutely. I mean, we've been able to solve um, not this year but you you know just like collisions we've gotten dash cam from somebody that totally told uh the truth and a different story than what the individual involved in the collision was per se (laughs) but yes any that's why we want to engage the public and like we have and even if you think this little piece of information means nothing it could be a piece that we can put with the puzzle that we have and propel the case forward and you can remain anonymous too that's that's just fine but we need the public's help because for for the example that you gave before i came on um south Monai five and tequila with you know multiple gunshots at 11 p.m at night south on i5 even though it was president's day there's more vehicles on the road than just those two mm-hmm. right so exactly we really want to stress the importance of um you know, letting us know what you observed in that area or north of that area or south of that area, because obviously the vehicle, the suspect in this case, you know, had to go somewhere. Um, Speaking of suspects, um, you said 12 in King County this year alone. We're only in the end of February. Has have there been any arrests? No arrests for these this year. Well, not yet, but there there are. I know talking to the detectives, there are a couple that they have um, continued to work uh, some pretty good leads. So we will um, be making arrests 
it's just sometimes, obviously, they have to um, do their due diligence and take the time to investigate. And we're always open for anybody to call with information. So we, we take every one of these extremely seriously. Um, even the road rage one, of course, from last Friday, we want to know who shot at this box truck and who was driving that gray sedan. And at that time of day, at 11 a.m. south on I-5 Northgate, you got a lot of people there. So we're just hoping that things like this spark people's memories to um, say, hey, maybe I have a piece of this information or I have a dash cam or something like that that can help us propel these cases forward. And to put it into perspective, because uh, 12 in King County this year, uh, and how many did we have last year? It, it just seems like you're talking about people, more people driving around with road rage, and then there's also the gang activity. But uh, is this a lot of what we're seeing post-pandemic? Well, I think, you know, obviously during the pandemic, everything has slowed down numbers-wise everywhere. Um, not as many cars, not as many speeders, not as many, you know, collisions. Last year in 2023, um, confirmed freeway shootings in King County alone, it was 57. Uh, 2022, it was 53. Is the going back to pre-pandemic traffic playing a role? I don't know, maybe people, you know, that were essential that were traveling during COVID, yeah, uh, cutting their commute in half. I think as traffic has come back, I think people, um, you know, maybe they get frustrated because it's it's back. I don't know. Um, but... You know, we just don't we engage is your, is your advice. Just don't engage. Absolutely, yes. Do not engage. Yes. And, you know, signal. Um, if you cut somebody off, we've all cut somebody off. I've cut somebody off, you know, wave, um, you know, sorry, if somebody cuts you off, just, you know, let it go. Um, if you think they're driving aggressively, then call us with the information that you have when you feel it's safe. And, and we will address every every call that we get on aggressive drivers. And I know you guys are also doing emphasis patrols as well. Trooper Rick Johnson from Washington State Patrol, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you for joining. Absolutely. Have a great day. Okay, still ahead, we do scenarios where we solve other people's problems. This is the Gene Ursula Show. Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. This is the G and Ursula Show, Wednesday edition. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. As always, we invite you to text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476, cairo And it is time for Scenarios. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? This would be from uh, Slate's Dear Prudence column on the body grooming topic. My boyfriend is an otherwise neatly turned out and well-groomed man in his 50s. But in the past few years, his eyebrow hairs have started to get out of control. They are long, they are conspicuous, and they stick out distractingly at weird angles sometimes. I know that many men regularly get their brows clipped to manageable lengths at the barber, but he started cutting his own hair during COVID and hasn't gone back for a professional trim since. When I first noticed it, 
I asked him whether he ever considered trimming his brows and told him he probably should, and he got offended. Like I had insulted his very soul. I dropped it, and I figured I just needed to learn to live with it. But am I wrong for telling my boyfriend there's something about his body that he might want to change? Ursula. <laughs> I know there's an answer that sounds good for the radio, and then there's my real answer. All right. What's and it my let's real hear both. An- let's, my real answer would be, yeah, you should tell him. Right. Yeah, you should tell him, and he should listen. <laughs> and what's the radio answer? And, and the reason, well, that, hey, everybody's, you know, Entitled in control of their, their own, own body, body blah, and blah, don't blah, tell blah, me, blah, and blah, I don't blah, want, right, yeah. yeah, no. There is nothing more annoying than either someone letting hair grow out of their ears, hair, curly hair stick out of their nose, eyebrows out of... That essentially like an awning. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Andy Rooney style. Should I say there's nothing more annoying? Yeah, there's more annoying things. And and, in the grand scheme of things, is this the biggest problem? No. But if you could use a little encouragement where clearly it's not his big deal and maybe her delivery needed to be better... Or maybe he's really, really sensitive. Or so maybe, maybe she should offer to, to get, trim them for him. Or get him a kit. Sometimes you have to buy a kit three or four times before someone, before someone actually uses get it. Get him a spa I treatment. Seriously. Like, turn it into a positive. Or, may, or maybe both of you go get a spa treatment, and then both of you get whatever work done you need oh to get done. Great. Turn it into a, pos, into a positive. And then when you react positively yeah. to the now-groomed eyebrows... It's incentive for him to yes. continue to do so. Now, I know what's going to happen, though, is because there are going to be men who say, well, do you want your boyfriend then to tell you X, Y, Z about your body or your thing? You know what? If I have hair growing out of my nose or, you know, a, 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 a long piece of hair growing out of a mole, whatever it is, and it's bugging my partner, yeah. please tell me. Well, and on Wait. top of that, I would I would I don't I would hesitate for anyone to equate Trimming your eyebrows to like, like you know, all right, fine, then you need to lose weight, like, yeah, exactly. like that sort of, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. like let's, you know where that's going to go. Let's let's put these in their own categories. <laughs> it's a relatively simple ask. Just go ahead and do it. Let's not actually. I mean, no. <laughs> let's talk. The it's, advice this that is you so provi- surprising. The advice that you provided is expressly what you should never tell your partner when it comes to another aspect of their body. Hey, oh gosh, ooh, notice you've been uh, letting things go a little bit. So I got you a treadmill. I got you a treadmill. See, I it's knew like it. a hair go right to the eyebrow. He goes, he goes right yep. to the Peloton oh, Let's story. go to the spa together. It's the same advice. Let's get a gym membership and I'll support you in your weight loss and we can go together. That's what not right. No. That's okay, fine. not trimming Let's eyebrows. take it down a notch. <laughs> what simple. right then do I Scissors. have to tell my Scissors. partner, geez, uh, your legs are getting hairy and nasty. You should really oh, do please. something. If, 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 it bothers, if it bothers you, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Sometimes I'll apologize on behalf. Uh, I'll tell my husband. Okay, sorry. Winter. What about? I will say uh, whatever. It's no what idea. about a piece of spinach in someone's teeth? Do you t- do you bring it up? Absolutely. Do you bring we it up? We just talk about it yesterday. Or do you just let it go while you stir it and think? I like, did not grow the spinach, Mike. No, I understand that. And as a man who's reached forty, who has things sprouting from all kinds of uncomfortable places, <laughs> trust me, I'm already aware. If ben, I haven't done something about it, it's because I'm comfortable look, with man, it. Man, I, pa- no, 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 I no. passed through that portal years ago. I understand where I you're coming know. from, but I would say that there are things you should bring up. That doesn't mean that because you bring up some things, you bring up all things. 
Mike, you and I are, are it's yet another thing that we have in agreement. Yes. You and I just are on the same page. You ever thought about eyelash extensions? <laughs> Those things are getting a little spotty. Uh, I just got them yesterday. So I'm saying, that, is that are, an acceptable thing to tell your partner? <laughs> your hair is getting a little bit thin. Have you considered getting plugs? There are degrees okay, again, of everything. There are, there are degrees exactly, of everything. Exactly. Exactly. But there are things that some men and some women don't pay attention to, and maybe they need a little nudging. You know who has thanked me? for nudging him in a direction on this whole eyebrows thing when he had a unibrow? My oldest son. Can I admit something? Yes. (laughs) One of my first girlfriends when I was like 19 was like, has anyone ever told you that your eyebrows connect and perhaps you should do something about that. Okay. And after you got over the initial hurt, weren't you appreciative? Yeah. And you probably... It's never been a problem exactly. since. Exactly. <laughs> you handle it. When someone has bad breath. Thank like, you. you. You need to actually... I mean, and, 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 and admittedly, everyone gets a little embarrassed when you're the receiving on that. On the other hand, you'd rather not walk around all day. Now, I understand there are limits on, like, you know... For years, your chewing has driven me. Not like, okay, okay, fair enough. That's not the way to deliver that information. Yes. I don't even know what you do except feed them oatmeal. I, I, I don't get it. Oh, no, trust me. Oatmeal's no, 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 terrible. No. Oh, yeah, I yeah, deal yeah, with I oatmeal many mornings a week on this show <laughs> prior to it. All right. And Jeff well, and Bonnie we, Lake we, says, <laughs> it's not wrong to say trim your eyebrows. If they say, I like them long, wait a minute, then drop it. No. Yeah, fair enough. If they'd like them long and okay, it's tough. driving then, you then, crazy. Then, then that is their uh, their own, but but not bringing it up. Bring it up and then accept what the, what the yes. ruling is. Yeah. Okay. No appellate court in this one. <laughs> Unless you want to trade. I'll tell you what, though. If you keep buying them, you know, trimming things and they stay, <laughs> stay <laughs> trimming devices and they stay in the boxes. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah maybe it's never going to change. But uh, in any case, okay. What do you got, Nick? Well, I feel like if you're dating someone, there should be no boundaries for the pure honesty. There should be no hesitation on admitting a bad look, especially when this self-done haircut has gone haywire, it sounds like. Thinking he did a fabulous job. I think he needs a wake-up call to either get professional help with the cut or keep it growing at this point. Don't touch it and affect it any longer. Sounds like the eyebrows need to be done as soon as possible, though. It won't be long until a bird's nest starts growing up there, it sounds like. It's, it's getting too out of control. <laughs> Once, yeah, one, and, or when those nose hairs peek out of your nose. Oh, boy. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know what? Just right. <laughs> trust me when we tell you. Right. It's a you lot what, better you know, when you don't have that, that. That weird moment, and I don't know if this happened to anyone else, but that weird moment when you actually either change or improve the lighting in your bathroom and you're completely shocked by (laughs) how long have I been walking around like this? (laughs) This is why you need a partner who's going to be honest with you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, still ahead, we do agree to disagree. This is the GNR Slush Out.